One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. We are halfway through the US Open. It is Sunday morning in New York where I am. It is Sunday afternoon where Catherine Whitaker is. We've already had five, well no, six in fact, fascinating days of tennis in New York. Lots of stories developing and plenty still to come. We've got your questions to answer as well. Catherine, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. Better than you, I think. What do you mean? What's wrong with me? Well, I know you spent your morning either watching or listening to West Brom lose. Yes, well, we won't talk about that. Uh, right, in fact, I'm going to just uh, forget this. I'm not, I'm not doing the tennis podcast today. I'm in a bit of a stinking mood. And uh, if anybody can think of a way to cheer me up, do let me know. But now, all right, well, we'll crack on and we'll talk about tennis and I'll try and put it behind me. We had, uh, let's talk about the story of the week so far, and it has to be the person who comes from my hometown in Solihull in the West Midlands, Catherine, Mr. Dan Evans. Who would have thought that a 23-year-old whose ranking is 179 in the world and who was three or 400 in the world earlier this year could have beaten Kane Ishikori, having qualified, then backed it up with victory over Bernard Tomic, and very nearly managed to beat Tommy Robredo last night. He had two set points to take it into a fifth set. And it was it was a fantastic performance from the young man, wasn't it? Very impressive indeed. I don't have the same um, West Midlands bias that you have, shall we say. Um, and I still found it very impressive. Um, yeah, I thought he... Um, well, I mean, to say out of the blue, um, I mean, I know he, he'd reached the final of a couple of challenges, hadn't he? And he had match, point, match points in both of those, which you could see as either a positive or yeah. a negative. Um, and you've got to perhaps wonder if those two double faults um, that he served against Robredo last night at a key moment, perhaps that was playing on his mind, I don't know. But even so, I can't really criticise his um, his performance, generally speaking, um, in the big moments, because he was, he's he's been. It's nice to it's nice to think of him. He's he's been a story not just for us parochial Brits, hasn't he? I mean, he's been a story for everyone concerned at the U.S. Open. You know, to announce himself, it's very, it's very rare that somebody comes out of the blue, beats a seed the way he did with Nishikori, and then and then backs it up in the next round um and i think his brand of tennis is what attracted the locals here you know he he engages with the crowd i think people enjoy that he he plays a different type of tennis too he's got a variety he's happy to volley you don't see it that often anymore i think that the the 
overriding feeling that came out of it for all of us who were commentating it on BBC Radio 5 Live and 5 Live Sports Extra and we had Colin Fleming with us as well, uh, the British doubles player, is that this is a man who actually has the ability to compete at the the upper parts of the game and, and I mean top 50 in terms of potential. He has that level of skill. What he hasn't yeah. had over the last few years is the commitment to go with it. In, in all honesty, he's been a very poor professional, and he would admit that too, and it has to change. It has been changing, and it has to continue. He, Yeah, he's certainly the first person to admit that, isn't it? I mean, what a fantastic advert for hard work he is, though, and, and the rewards you can reap with it. What a dramatic turnaround in in fortunes i mean if there's ever a success story for just deciding to work a bit harder and take it a bit more seriously he's it i think he should be the poster boy for 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 hard work and professionalism um yeah and and, and in fact for for the british game i was saying to to one of my colleagues at five live this week that in many ways i think he is a better example for the up-and-coming British players who are trying to make it than Andy Murray because he's more attainable what he's doing. He's more relatable. Andy Murray's off the scale in terms... I mean, listen, if everybody committed themselves the way Andy Murray did, they'd all get the best out of their careers, whatever that level is. But Evans is an example that, you know, you can make a difference with hard work. Absolutely. It's it's that relatability factor is is one I often refer to you know I I, on a personal level I find David Ferrer more inspiring than Roger Federer for example which is perhaps a similar comparison I've been asking the question Catherine uh, for people's biggest disappointment and uh, their best moment of the tournament so far I think for me having seen the the events and commentated on it I, I think Evan's run is probably one of the best moments for me simply because I think it has been so refreshing to see not only a British player doing what he's been doing but the style in which he's been doing it I think the biggest dis- disappointment for me would be the way that some of the players that we build up all year, and obviously Grigor Dimitrov is number one that we always champion here on the tennis podcast. Ooh, he yeah. was so disappointing the other day. Woeful. I stood courtside for a while, and it was, I mean, you know, you look at his Grand Slam record this year, he's reached one third round, he's lost first round twice, and he's lost a second round. I mean, it's not good enough. It's shocking, isn't it? Especially when you think that we were genuinely getting excited earlier in the year that he might just be fulfilling his potential if you actually look on paper about uh, what he's achieved this year it's it's barely an improvement on previous years I mean okay he beat he beat Djokovic at one event in, in a what was it first or second round um I mean it, Madrid, it, it's nothing it, yeah. it's 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 barely a breakthrough at all let alone one of any note really um and it's it's a real worry now I didn't see any of that match um, I woke up checked the scores and just hung my head <laughs> with yeah, despair I, mean, I, I saw it and, and his opponent Joao Souza actually played a very good match very consistent and just kept making Dimitrov work but when Dimitrov went two sets to one down and looked as though he was about to to lose pretty pitifully he managed to force it into a fifth and I'm thinking right this this is the sort of match that could be a making of a player, you know, sc- sort of scrape through in five. And 
he he's just too erratic. I I, I don't know. I I mean I have a lot of faith in the, the the people that are coaching him, the good to great tennis academy, particularly people like Michael Tilstrom. I just think that these guys understand what goes into making a, a top level professional, but they have got work to do. Yeah, they can only work with what they've got, haven't they? I I agree. I th- I thought that was going to be a turning point, appointing that team of coaches. And there have been times in the year when, when it's looked like that was the case. But there's absolutely no definitive evidence that he's he's turned a corner, really, is there. We've we've been getting overexcited about not much for a long time now, and he needs to give us more, yeah, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. You're letting, you're letting down the tennis podcast and all our you, listeners, Grigor. You're throwing egg on our faces Grigor you're, you're undermining our powers of prediction and, and, and frankly we're all that matters in this whole thing I don't care about your career you just need to make sure you don't make us look stupid uh, Sam Hallam says on the, at Twitter on at Tennis Podcast on Twitter he says Golbis has to be the biggest disappointment Ernest Golbis also a first round loser had a great chance in his quarter is he the most con- inconsistent player on tour well I think there's a few vying for that uh, tag at the moment possibly possibly I mean certainly in terms of talent um he's a disappointment but I almost think he's not he's never promised us what what Dimitrov has promised I suppose given his level of talent talent perhaps we should have thought of him in terms of being a top player but I never have done really I've always he's always been so erratic and so and never and almost seem to enjoy that aspect of his his game and his style and his personality you know he's not wanted to sacrifice any of that for the sake of winning i don't feel if that if that makes any sense almost a la safin although safin very uniquely um was able to maintain that element of his game and still be a champion, although goodness knows how many he would have well, won. Well, he, he did it in spurts, didn't he, uh, Safin? He knuckled down for periods of his career and, and, and made the best of it occasionally, and he won a couple of Grand Slam titles. But I think I think that is the general feeling, that if he'd have applied himself throughout, maybe he could have won more. But uh, not every personality is able to do that, are they? But certainly I think Golbis is a disappointment. I do think he... He has a lot more that he could do in the sport that he isn't doing. We've got Rian, who says the uh, her favourite moments were Evans getting big wins and Simona Halep keeping her form going. And she is a, an exciting prospect. She beat uh, Maria Kirilenko 6-1, 6 love yesterday, having almost gone out to Heather Watson in the first round. And I, I actually said yesterday on Twitter, I think Simona Halep is going to reach the semi-finals here against Victoria Azarenka. Yeah, she's certainly the inform player and it, and I think it puts Heather Watson's um, performance against her into perspective I mean, at the time a first round loss didn't look great but she's certainly taken her a lot closer to the wire than anybody else has I th- she's been um, perhaps not a surprise package given her form coming in but um, certainly a name that not too many people would be familiar with That's and that's really I think what women's tennis needs names that people haven't heard of that you know, you can remember for the future and make a proper impact, which she is promising to do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think also she, she, you know, they need to 
sustain it. I mean, that's been the big disappointment from Wimbledon. Obviously, we lost Marion Bartley from the game, certainly from for now, because she's decided to retire. But Sabina Lizicki lost early. I know she's been injured. But it, it is a disappointment that Lizicki didn't manage to, to back that performance up. We've uh, we've also got Rian, who's who's pointing out that you will roll your eyes when you hear this uh, this disappointment from the... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. US Open for her because she said she's disappointed by the Nike outfits worn by Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer at night. Says they're awful. Over to you, David. What what are your thoughts on the uh, on the Nike outfits? Uh, well, I, I absolutely share the, the the view. For a start, uh, Roger Federer comes out. Uh, I quite like his jacket. I mean, it looks a bit a bit weird when you first see it, but it actually glows in the dark. And I've discovered this because the uh, the man selling them uh, told me to take a flash light photography picture of his jacket and watch what happens to it and it suddenly glows oh, in the dark like snow. It's sake. very exciting Catherine and I want one. I, I tell you what I'll bring one back for you if you like. Do you know I I wish I wish you you would get one because a a glow in the dark I mean that's, that's How absurd. cool would I look? Any oh, I I don't know where to start with that. I mean obviously <laughs> 
obviously that's an absurdity. Is it? Imagine somebody walking walking down the street of an evening in a glow in the dark jacket. You wouldn't think. I know you'd oh, be the, you'd be oh, the talk of the town. Him. He looks stylish, would you? But suddenly Roger Federer oh, walks so into cool, a tennis court Catherine. in one, and everyone thinks he's should be on the cover of Vogue, which he has been in the past. I think, well, hasn't he? you know, but he's he's got the chance. Not, absolutely, he's good I'm not friends with Anna he's Not often a stylish man, but. For good, that doesn't mean he can pull off anything. Let's just put it that way. Oh, come on, Catherine. You know you'd love to have something that glows in the dark. I'm going to find something for you out here while I'm in New York. Uh, we've also... I don't I don't think much of Rafael Nadal's outfit, and Catherine's hating this part of the conversation, but Rafael Nadal has been wearing one that, that, that it looks very, very uncomfortable, as though it's way too sweaty and uh, and, and clings to him. Uh, Victoria Azarenka Rian says he's not wearing the nicest outfit. You know what? I think we'll call it a day on the outfits. What do you think, Catherine? I I mentally called it a day about two or three minutes ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, right, well, um, that's that conversation done and dusted. Josh Berry. Now, Josh Berry is uh, the greatest tennis impersonator on this planet. And if you haven't seen his impersonations, do go and check out his YouTube site. He can do Roger Federer. He can do Rafael Nadal. Novak Djokovic does a brilliant Andy Murray. He's now uh, perfected Boris Becker and John McEnroe. So go and check out his YouTube page. And he's asked us on the Tennis Podcast on Twitter, why don't the other three slams have the fifth set tie breaks like the US Open? Well, Josh, we've got into this before. And I'm becoming more and more of the opinion that that has to be the way it goes. Catherine, a quick thought. On the fifth set tie break? Yeah. Well, you know you know, I'm a fan. Um, we've had this debate before, haven't we? I really, um, both sort of in principle and in practice, um, support the fifth set tie break. I think a, it, more often than not, it allows for a classic match to reach a proper... Um, peak of of culmination, I suppose. That's not a particularly eloquent turn of phrase, but a real climax rather than an anti-climax. Yesterday was a perfect example, I think, in the Dan Evans match of why we shouldn't be doing this uh, ben Rothenberg suggestion of best of three because oh. Dan Evans would have lost 7-6-6-1 and instead he comes back and makes a cracking fight of it. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I think... Um, is um, as great a, a tennis journalist as Ben is. I, I think we've totally decimated um, his argument for. Oh, and in fact, I, I think the tennis speaks for itself in decimating the argument for. As you say, there's just so many examples of where tennis would be poorer. Grand Slam tennis would be so much the poorer for for not being best of five sets that it. I think that yes. speaks for itself. The, the sport yeah, no, would well, not I, be better off, I and certainly, gr- yeah, yeah. Grand Grand Slam sport, uh, Grand Slam tennis certainly wouldn't be. Um, it would be hugely to the detriment, um, and I, I, I think it's not even worth discussing, really. But I mean, a fifth set tie break. My other argument, which I make every time we come back to this, is that it is too great an advantage if you don't have a fifth set tie break it's just too great an advantage serving first and I take you back to the 2009 Wimbledon final um, where Roddick served to stay in the match against Roger Federer who was at his absolute peak at the time 
Yeah. What what has happened to my predictions this year, Catherine? Oh, oh no, Caroline Wozniacki, Juan Martin Del Potro. How could you do it to me? Well, how could you make that prediction, David? I mean, well, to, I'd, Caroline Wozniacki is not that huge a surprise to me. Del Potro is a little bit, although I don't want to take anything from from Leighton Hewitt, who was sensational, and that was quite Wasn't emotional that, to watch. That was the one other of the night. peaks of the the week so far. That was brilliant that night. It was, yeah, it it was sensational, and and uh, as as much as I really do like Del Potro, I find in sort of the twilight of his career, I find it very hard not to root for Hewitt because, well, he's. It's back to that sort of Ferrer Evans thing of being relatable and just the the guts and the oh, the just everything everything on display in his performance is so admirable. I think it's it's yeah, really it hard not to root for him. And uh, yeah, it was a special night as much as it um, rather humiliated your beginning yeah, of the year no, prediction. Absolutely. Shall we say? Totally agree with you on, on that score. We also have um, the potential of the Roger Federer against Rafael Nadal quarterfinal still on. We're in the fourth round stage now. Uh, we got uh, a fantastic performance from Federer yesterday against Adrian Manorino, and he lost only a handful of games. He's now going to take on the man who's beaten Dan Evans in Tommy Robredo. Nadal will face... Uh, John Isner's conqueror, Philip Kohlschreiber, can't see either of those two players preventing the match that we've all been waiting for, Catherine. No, nor me. I think they've both looked um, imperious, frankly, and it's looked like a collision course, and I can't wait. And uh, I, I, I know I've predicted Rafa to win the whole thing, so this is hardly groundbreaking stuff, but I, I think the winner of that quarterfinal provided it happens I'm, I would pick to win the tournament I think the winner will be Rafa cause, You think that Federer um, would win the tournament if you beat him? got the beating of Federer generally um, but I, I think they've both looked but, the but most But you're impressive. saying you think if, 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 Fed, if Federer beats Nadal if Federer beats Nadal you think Federer wins the tournament? I do marginally yeah I do and uh well, you, you, I mean, what do you think? You, are you one of the ones that's predicted that Federer will win another slam? Because if so, when's it going to be? You know, you've got to pick him to win one. If you, if you, if you think generally in the scheme of things he's going to win one more, at some stage, you know, you've got to pick him to win that one. That one has to happen sometime. I very cleverly um, not committed myself completely and just said that I think that Federer will take our breath away at least one more time. Right, which is a bit nice and vague, uh, but I think oh, that he's... that's vague. <laughs> it is vague, but here we go. I'm going to qualify it. I think he's going to beat Nadal. Oh! And that would take your breath away, would it? Would it? Come on, he's got a 21-10 record against him by Rafael Nadal. No, and if don't he comes wrong, out, he I think it would take Nadal my breath away. At the U.S. Open, it would be just unbelievable, would it not? But if he if he did that, you wouldn't you wouldn't predict him to go on and win the tournament. No, not quite. Not quite. I think he'd lose in the final. I think he'd get to the final and he would lose to either Djokovic or Murray. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, you could well be right. But, I I mean, I'm not predicting that far because I do think Rafa will beat Federer. Um, 
Oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating. Who's going to win out of Sloane Stevens and Serena Williams today? Is there going to be a revenge mission? What do you think? Yeah, who did I predict to win the women's again? I th- I, 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 you said Azarenka. Did I? Oh, dear. I don't feel great about that after yesterday. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what was I thinking, not picking Serena? I know, uh, you're, you're going a bit doolally. I know. Um, all right, well, I'm going to have to stand by that, aren't I? Can't be, can't be worse than... Can't end up worse than picking Del Potro and Wozniacki to reach a Grand Slam final, can it? So yeah, right, I might yeah, as yeah. well stand by it. How's Petra Martic getting on? <laughs> and uh, Grigor Dimitrov, how's his, how's his year shaping up? Oh, yeah, we, we, we're in it together, where Dimitrov <laughs> is concerned. You, you wrote me in in the first place. Oh, you've got to check out this Dimitrov bloke. He's going to be oh. the next world number one. Yeah, you see, you see, it starts getting a bit dodgy, Grigor, and you just get deserted, mate. I tell you, I'm still with you. I'm not. Um, I'm not deserting him. I'm just fed up with him. <laughs> Very well said. Well, we've got a fantastic second week of the U.S. Open to look forward to. Do follow the progress of all of these players on BBC Radio, on Five Live and Five Live Sports Extra. Catherine, always a pleasure to have your company here with us on the Tennis Podcast. What are you up to this week? Are you playing any matches? Likewise. Um, possibly, possibly, although I am reserving my evenings for watching or listening to yourself commentating on tennis, so maybe oh, well, not this week. Nice. Excellent. Well, just, you know, Dan Evans is, is the, um, the example for you, so if you keep working hard, I think you can get that first win over your brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's the first, right? It, is, it would be the first. But, let's um, be honest. Let's be honest about it. I've spoken to him. Listen, once she's played him and once she's beaten him, we'll get the full report here on the Tennis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll speak to you soon. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.